I'm Sinead O'Moore, and you're listening to Every Mum the Podcast, supported by Water Wipes, the world's purest baby wipes. From fertility to birth, pandemic parenting to taking care of ourselves, here we talk to guests about their own unique experiences of parenting. The insane joy and anxious defeat, the love, the laughs, tears, and the moments we don't talk enough about. This season is supported by one of the most essential products for every mum. From that first nappy change to those messy weaning months, water wipes. Made here in Ireland, water wipes are purer than cotton wool and water and made with only two ingredients, 99.9% purified water and a drop of fruit extract, making them ideal to protect and gently cleanse sensitive newborn and even premature skin. As the number one wipe in Ireland, Together, we are committed to providing more support for parents with trusted products and this podcast. As women, our hormones are all powerful, but if we don't know how to manage them as they change, we risk burnout instead of balance. In this week's episode, I'm joined by Peggy Crowley, founder of Ground Wellbeing, a wellness expert and entrepreneur who has enjoyed a thriving career developing award-winning spas from the Dare Manor to the Marion, and a mother who, aged 40, began to notice distinct changes in how her body and brain performed. Her periods were regular, her knowledge of menopause was limited to assuming it was this unsexy thing that happened much later, when periods stopped and the notion of perimenopause and its intense symptoms never entered her head. Here, We talk about why as women, we need to make friends with our cycles, our phases and stages of life. There is so much to be gained by educating ourselves on how to manage stress, reject burnout, create boundaries and fuel our energy sources. We need to learn how to breathe deeply again, to prioritize ourselves again, and to get really comfortable just saying no. Burnout in our 30s as we navigate babies and careers and housing crises and no affordable childcare and aging parents and pandemics is hard to avoid. But there are ways we can protect our hormonal health to ground our well-being and to move gently into perimenopause instead of crash landing. Peggy, thank you so much for joining me on Every Mum the Podcast for a conversation that every so often kind of gets peppered into a few episodes that's happening right now. And one that absolutely we had to have this week as we are talking so much about menopause and educating ourselves as women, because nobody else has done it in the past. So now we are the first sort of generation that are finally opening up the lid and talking about what is ultimately going to happen to every woman. I know. And you'd imagine, because we all know what's going to happen, you'd imagine we're equipped and educated to cope with it. But we're not. We know so very little about it that it's kind of railroaded. It's it's literally knocked me flat um, with the full understanding. And I I think for me, it's looking back over the last four or five years where my health has changed and my well-being has changed and um i never i never concluded it to being hormone imbalance i never would have understood that i kept 
thinking it was diet related. I suppose I turned 40 um, five years ago. And with that comes this beautiful sense of not caring and kind of just being free and kind of just getting on with things and not being so worrisome about others. Um, but at the same time, my hair was thinning, it was falling out, my nails were peeling. Um, I had put it down to diet and trying to eat better. Um, you know, there was things like, I was starting to kind of feel myself raging about stuff, my anger with the children, with, um, I find myself getting caught up on the roads, even if I was driving, that I'd get into a rage that I normally wouldn't. And I was kind of half laughing at myself saying, God, you need to take it easy on yourself. And then more recently, and certainly even pre-COVID, um, I'd have found myself being forgetful and not being as clear and concise about conversations had or emails that I was trying to source and find and just not being detail orientated anymore. I couldn't, I, it's like my RAM was full. And then I was forgetting words. And that's when I got worried myself and I started Googling and thinking I'm not, I'm not as cohesive as I was. And, and I was losing confidence in that. And I was kind of thinking, God, this is scary. And that's when I decided to go to the doctor to talk about it. And you know, my periods are regular. There's, there was nothing to say I was perimenopausal. I didn't even know the phrase perimenopausal. So I, you know, having the conversation with her and her asking me about my sleep and it being so erratic and stuff, and, and which is why I'm so into aromatherapy and breath work and everything, because I have to work to get my sleep. I have to put in the yards to, to make sure I get a good night's sleep because it is the ultimate act of self-care is to have a good night's sleep and to restore yourself for the next day. So being aware of all that and her piecing it together and her saying, just because you're regular and your periods are normal and everything, your, your bloods will show, you know, if you take your bloods now and in six weeks time, we're going to see what the difference is. And my estrogen was dropping. And then I began to Google brain fog and the connection with estrogen and the brain. And the fact that it's our, it's our, it's our hormone that actually works the brain as is testosterone is critical for men and estrogen for women. And what it does is it gives your neurons, your neurons in your brain plasticity which allows them to, to flex and flow and grow and adapt. And I had lost that buffer. I had lost that kind of trampoline where I bounced and flexed and kind of adapted to things. I had become hardened. It was as if I'd, and it made sense to me then that that's why, you know, what was soft and flowing through me before has now gone a little bit rigid and I have to give myself a little bit extra time. But more importantly, the greatest learning I've, I, I have studied in this is that when your hormones aren't balanced, stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline, when they're pumping through your body at the same time as you're losing estrogen, it's a double, it's a double edged sword. So what I know I can do and what I know I can control in this phase that could last five or six years and I must adapt to it. I must make friends with it and I must transition with it because now that I know what it is, I'm actually really proud that I'm at a stage in my life where I have wisdom. I have trust in my body to the point that I know as a holistic therapist and I know my body has the ability to realign itself, to, mm -hmm. to heal itself. And that when I, when I move into that space and set that intention, it will come good because hundreds 
hundreds and thousands and millions of women have come through this and it's just knowing how to do it in the best way possible for your body and your mind to get to, to bring them together to transition and and it really is managing the stress cycle and for me that's managing when i'm overloaded or overwhelmed that always remembering that my body doesn't speak English. My body doesn't understand. Oh, Peggy, this is just overwhelm or oh, Peggy, go back to sleep, you know, stop overthinking stuff. My being doesn't speak that way. What it does speak is essential oils. It speaks plant messages that can enter through the lung or transdermal. And it does speak breath work. And the most important thing my body speaks is nutrition. Mm. And the key for this has been understanding that my perimenopause was heightened and perhaps came earlier because I was burnt out and being burnt out, recognizing for myself that when I was burnt out, I didn't realize I was burnt out and I just kept burning out slowly and slowly and slowly. And this is prior to COVID with too much travel um, to India, too much away time from my family. And people say, you, you are what you eat. You actually are what you absorb. And if you can't absorb the nutrients because your body is pumping full of stress hormones, um, it doesn't matter how much fermented food and sourdough and sauerkraut and all the, all the good stuff, kombucha, it doesn't matter how much you're feeding your microbiome. Um, if there's a layer of, of, of stress there, the communication, you, you know, and nutrition, and breathing oxygen has to get to every cell in your body to lift that fatigue out of you and for the goodness to flow through you. So for me, there's a formula that I'm naturally going to move through this phase as first. Now I've told my husband, as soon as I go batshit crazy, I'm on the <laughs> hormones. I'm, I'm on the hormones. I'll be the first to queue up, but I have to, I have so much faith in our bodies and as women, how much we can house from children to running houses, um, to getting bills paid, you know, our bodies and our minds are so incredible that if we really tune into them and they are like different, it's, it's like a, a tough radio station to tune into well, well-being, you know, people speak about it, um, you know, about wellness and they ask me about wellness and I often say, that it is um, something I've done for 20 years in terms of helping design spaces and treatments that help other people surrender and, and breathe into themselves and reconnect themselves. It took COVID for me to do it for myself, to understand the reality that I now need to show people to do this for themselves at home. And I really need to walk the walk here and not just talk the talk. So. It's been, a, it's been an excellent two years of learning, of talking with experts, hosting workshops, building products, understanding CBD. It's been such an exploratory time where my first and foremost objective is to mind myself and to mind my family and then to show others. And, and that's where, Sinead, your work in what you've done in the last few years has been you. It's been your story and sharing it to a community of people who trust you. And that's why I love how you walk your walk and, and you share it and you, you articulate in real time while the rest of us are sometimes cowering in the corner, afraid to say left or right. So I think we owe that responsibility and it needs to be authentic. And for me, I'm really grateful for 
the Joe Duffy Show. I'm really grateful to Catherine O'Keefe, the wellness warrior, who's my mentor in this, who I follow. And I love how she welcomes HRT in with the same open arms as natural homeopathy and acupressure. And she has a wonderful way of understanding we're all different and our bodies and minds are all different. And some people will exercise it. You know, some people will nourish it and we all will find a way. But the best thing of all is that understanding your own well-being. I used to think it was if I did yoga on a Tuesday at six o'clock, that was my wellness box ticked. You know what I mean? Now I know that my sleep is paramount. My digestion is number two. And both of those things will sing and dance if I manage my stress, number one. And stress and saying no and COVID. My God, COVID has given me this huge permission to edit out what doesn't suit me and edit in the things that make me feel good. So, you know, there's people I go for a coffee with now who, you know, get a hug off now and it's, it's, it just feels right. It feels so good. There are people who feel like a warm radiator instead of a drain. And then, you know, I know that eggs suit me if I can have my eggs in the morning. They're kind of, I, I built some kind of non-negotiables into my day that I need and, and that are serving me. And because I can't pour from an empty cup and I've gotten stronger in that now and I'm going to get stronger because I have, to, I have so much I want to do in the next five years. And running your own company um, is, is very, it takes an awful lot of grit and determination it takes bravery it takes cash flow management um and i want to i want to enjoy all that while being a mom being a mom is my first job and it's the job i find hardest um you know ticking boxes on profit and loss and marketing strategies and building products and testing them all of that is kind of you're either right or you're wrong in it. Being a mom is so subjective and so we're so hard on ourselves. And it really is the greatest, it's the greatest job I've been given and the one I'm probably worst at, but I, I'm hardest on myself with. So I know the next five or six years, and, and it's so funny, I'm giving myself I've this milestone of 50 years of age. And it's not that I want to have achieved anything at 50, I want to be well. I want to be well because people talk about these years between, you know, 45 and 55 is like sniper alley. It's, it's an age where if you get cancer, it will grow fast in your body. You're still, your cells are mutating at a fast enough rate that it can be, it can be fatal. Um, and it's also, these are the years where we're compressed between bringing up children, minding our parents and being at a stage in our careers where we should have something to show for ourselves. So it's a pressured zone. And I want to be well for it. I want to be well in it. And I want my children, I want to lead by example in that area. We've had a lot of very honest conversations on this show around how women feel, you know, when it comes to fertility, how women feel when it comes to trying to conceive, when they have conceived post birth and the crash of hormones and everything to do with how that impacts their emotional well being, their physical well being. You know, you, you spoke there, one of the telltale signs around your nails, your hair, your forgetfulness, your brain fog. We, we joke about baby brain. You know, yeah. we, we, we know, oh yeah, you know, postpartum hair loss. We don't give our hormones enough credit. No. We don't give them enough respect for actually the job that they are doing within us, which as women is controlling 
a cycle of activity yeah it's like creates a life every single month i know and i i remember someone equating it to an orchestra and estrogen mm. in the brain is like the conductor mm. um and yet there's so many other hormones that play, like progesterone when you're pregnant and you know there's i mean it's actually it's a miracle how we how how our bodies run and how we can produce um children and and and, and go on into the next spaces but we're also a slave to our hormone like there is a moment where uh, my form and it's not afterwards i look back and i think and i go into my flow app and go you're after taking people's heads off here and it's pmt it's not their fault it's pmt and i will go back and i will say guys i was in a terrible mood yesterday sorry about that and you know and i'll, I'll say it to my daughters my daughter's nearly 13 in december and my other daughter's nine and we'll joke about it and i'll just say mum's a little bit you know hormonal and stuff and it's really important that i give them permission not only to be hormonal but to always say sorry afterwards to own it and to and to to say it because you can't use it as an excuse either you have to kind of own it and live in it but yes i i i'm with you insofar as we need to honor them we need to take charge of them we need to eat for them we need to we need to honor them in our sleep and um and really value when they're in balance because out of balance i was so surprised at how many things were because of my my estrogen because of my drop in estrogen i i never given it enough credit so why if it is the orchestra that controls us all about how we feel how we look how much energy how we have how we can think how we can function how we cannot bite the heads off our family, friends, colleagues, people on the road. Why is there the knowledge gap? Why are we so oblivious to it? You know, and actually dismissive, you know, even when we say things like, oh, I was just hormonal. It's and like, it's no, we weren't, we weren't in tune with our hormones and therefore we weren't caring for them in the way that they needed. So they erupted. But even worse, Sinead, than us not knowing, is that I'm hearing an awful lot now that I'm in these conversations and on these panels of women who've gone to their GPs who aren't knowledgeable enough, who are putting them on antidepressants and making it a mental health, putting it in that box where, where the antidepressants will numb versus manage a transition phase. Like menopause is something we must welcome in. It's on its way. And and it will be less hideous. It will be less affecting if you are in good health and if you are managing stress. And if and that's my job for myself to understand. And I started taking CBD. I mean, during COVID, when this is all getting very, very intense, and there was just this everyday low-level anxiety, and sleep was being affected more than it normally would. I can't tell you how much. Um, when I started looking up CBD and understanding, because I was quite innocent going into it, I actually didn't understand the differentiation between marijuana and hemp and that hemp, you know, the THC is taken out of it. There's no high, there's no nothing that's going to make you high here. It just simply coats all your receptors that are frayed. You know, when I talk about the hard, inflexible feeling I had inside me, I took the CBD and I took this Indian ginseng called ashwagandha, which is just incredible. And Sinead, if I was to tell you, it took 
about three weeks for it to take effect mm. at consistently taking it. And there was a moment when Isabella, who's nine, and this would have been last year now when they were going back to school, and I'd say to her, put your coat on now with the hood because it's raining and into the car. No, I'm wearing my other coat. Mm. The old Peggy would have said, put the coat with the hood. I would have been at the door going, we're going to school. You're putting on the, there could have, you know, I could have been losing the rag on it all. And suddenly three or four weeks in, there was a moment where I went, sure, no worries. You'll just get wet. It's fine. And I remember, I remember in that moment, just saying to myself, I don't need to control the minute anymore. I don't need to be in charge and charging and being, being hard about my way or the highway with the kids. And in that, in that softening through the CBD and the ashwagandha, I, I understood that I was giving my body and my mind just permission to soften. And that was, I needed that. And that's why I explored it for, further. And then with the essential oils, I found that the clary sage, the geranium, the alang-alang all have a strong phytoestrogen in them, which, you know, some people will, will go for phytoestrogens through their food, which is great. And although it's not our estrogen, it has a softening effect in our body. And it's the combination of trying to incorporate so many things just to soften because for the next couple of years, I kind of naturally like to manage this and be aware of it and, and understand that I'm making friends with it myself. And then the HRT can layer in in a couple of years as and when I need it. Even that, even that needs flexing. You know, you see how you get on for a while, you go up or down, you could do transdermal, you can do all sorts and I'm looking into it. And all I know is that each one has pros and cons and even the hrt if you go on it early enough and stay on it for a few years it can help prevent dementia it can help other areas so there's so much to learn about this and i just wish we were taught about it earlier because women in their late 30s you know i have a huge issue with the government promoting and spending an awful lot of money encouraging young girls into stem and encouraging young girls you know so that we can fulfill the requirement for these multinationals in our country and and i know it's the economy and it's needed but you encourage all these girls into into these spaces that are male dominated who will not look after them and support them when they are trying to get pregnant or have you know returning support. to work from maternity well, miscarriages, if mm. they are coming back to work after maternity, which is the scariest type, because you've changed. Fundamentally, as a human being, you've completely changed after you've had a baby. Your priorities have changed, but your identity and your brain still need to work, and you still want to be able to work, but you're, you're, you're not going to tolerate any bullshit anymore. When you go back into the workplace, it's like, I'm just going to get the job, you know, and there's also no support to ease you back into that you know your first hundred days back in getting the lay of the land again you know just you know and if you're working in a male dominated where it runs on a different kind of adrenaline and it's a you know none of that is supported and then you hit menopause and your confidence dips your brain fog you know all the physical symptoms never mind the hot flushes but when you're perimenopausal it's the brain fog that was what surprised me the most mm -hmm. and if i was in a corporate zone right now with the moments where I don't know the word for something and I can't recall the email or the name of the person and it comes at me and hits me like a ton of bricks. That's hard in, in a corporate environment and there's no knowledge. There's no one equipping the men to understand that we need support at this time because we're different and our brains are different. And you know, it, 
it can't be something like even my own husband i mean Sinead, i'll make you laugh shane is sound out he's a doleful man um but during this time i've had about three or four big books um one of them is the menopause manifesto essential oils for menopause all these different books on the kitchen table where i work from and um you know during the olympics or during the euros when things became social again he'd have the lads over for beers and he'd be kind of he'd start kind of getting giddy saying are, are you putting your books away hmm. and i was i was kind of like looking at him going what's wrong with my books and he's like he was a bit skittish saying are we going to be leaving them out mm -hmm. for everyone to see and i, I kind of was like totally i said i'm going to be on the radio talking about this shit i like this is this needs talking about because if someone like me who's brave and you're brave Sinead you're very brave as well and that is something that has to be used for everyone in the right way we have to talk about it we have to laugh about it I've done a gift set at Christmas called the change because the change is what my mother would have called it and we used to laugh you know and I remember growing up and other mothers were were going absolutely mad and crazy we'd have said you know she's she's gone mad she was actually menopausal but no one no one minded her no one helped her she was isolated it all got too much i can totally see it happening now that i'm in it i'm at the beginning of it and you do feel isolated you feel embarrassed to talk about it and yet all for some reason i'm on the crest of a wave where people are talking about it and now i know i have to talk about it and i have to equip and support people in a genuine way because i'm learning to do it for myself so it's coming from a good place we've developed a treatment which has launched in hayfield manor which is exactly it's a therapeutic so so with ground with the brand i got to, to design a spa brand a, a treatment a therapeutic brand the way i would like therapy so every treatment is how i would after 20 years of having enough of them you know when you're getting a massage and someone is doing beautiful movement on your neck where they're really wringing out all the tension from the side of your neck and then they do three moves and you're like oh no and they're turning me over and it's the last three and we've got th only got three more of this beautiful move and then they move on to the arm and then it's the other arm and you can kind of see which way it's going it's going to be over soon and i'm in my head instead of connecting to my body and just grounding myself at this time i'm in my head so all of our treatments are they're almost sensual in that they're full lami lami, half the side of the body, you're working from a foot, like reflexology, one end of the body right up to the top of the scalp. And you're doing six to nine moves of each repetition to the point that it becomes meditative. You don't know where they're going to, the therapist is going to go to next and therefore you surrender into it. There's a lot of breath work in it. There's a lot of pressing you know, when we talk about speaking your body's language, your solar plexus there, that soft underbelly, just under your rib cage there, where all your nerve endings from the top of your head right down to the, your feet, they all meet in the middle and it's your solar plexus. And it's actually your, your in, it's where you're connected to the universal energy. It's mm -hmm. how you ground yourself and it's where you have gut instinct. Mm -hmm. And if you have strong intuition, it also potentially means you have a gut that lets you down when you're nervous or when you know it's got a, a, a plus and a minus to it it means you're actually in tune but it also means your belly will let you down if you're overstressed or you know it's that gut connection again and we've developed also an abdominal treatment a cleansing detoxification where normally in Ireland no one ever massages the belly and yet it's the one area in my body I felt it's not 
come back and connected into me since I've had two huge girls, two huge babies in, in my body. It's as if this part hangs out as a separate piece. And, and, you know, even when we were chatting and I got up to close the door, I was like, sorry, my pants is open. It'll always <laughs> hang out for the rest of my life. But with this treatment, it was always about getting the blood flow and the nerve endings to come alive again in this space so that it can reconnect so that we can digest so that we can manage anxiety because this is our core. Like, Sinead, this is where our organs live and this is why breathing is so important that we that we move into rest and digest because that if we can be in that rest and digest space while we're awake and not just when we're asleep we get to move the hormone balance we get to move adrenaline and cortisone back into their houses and we let repair blood purification detox everything starts to sing and dance as it should be so it's really important that the gut is honored, that menopause, all those acupressure points on your feet and on your face. You know, and I remember an acupuncturist explaining to me so lovely that when estrogen, you know, the yin and the yang of the body, you know, the yin is like still water mm. and the yang is like fire at the core. And when the yin starts to, to dissipate and, and start to leave you sort of, the fire, the fire gets kind of strong. It feels stronger and you can't bring the water back in. But what you must do is move the fire from the core out to the peripheries. You take it. So the treatment is all about spreading the fire out so that it's a good furnace, that it's serving all parts and not overheating at the center. So each treatment when designing it, it was so lovely that not to be under the pressure of a product house or a spa that wanted to pamper and indulge and make you look beautiful. I only ever want to feel well. I want to tune into what feeling well is. And I want other people to understand that it's worth working towards. It's worth using essential oils to ritualize and build that time in and to breathe into it and to learn that we can trigger that rest and digest state by speaking our body's language, by holding our solar plexus, by breathing abdominally. Like as women, we have to wear all these spanks. And I mean, I double spanked myself for certain things recently after COVID, but you know, we're in this, you know, you have to stand straight, hold your belly, you know, whatever. And suddenly you go from a baby that is breathing abdominally. When you see a small baby breathing and their hands are flung over their head and that belly goes right up and down, you can see the gap in the nappy. That's abdominal breathing. That's how a human being should be breathing like Buddha. Like we should be breathing like Buddha and our bellies hanging out and us pushing in that diaphragm, that sheet of muscle should be pushing in to a point that we're breathing so deeply that serotonin is released in our gut. Because when the diaphragm pushes down on the gut, serotonin is produced, which is the most beautiful well-being feeling you can have. And yet we live in fight or flight or paralysis. So instead of being like the cavemen who were running away from tigers or whatever, um, we get an email or a phone call and we get paralyzed. But it's still the same fright as fight or flight where the brain thinks we need to run away from the bear and all the blood rushes to our peripheries and our arms and our legs and our brain so we can run and think fast. And none of the core and the organs get any attention. There's no rest or digest. And that's what I mean by absorption and nutrition 
um, if we're in that state, we're not absorbing all the nutrients. We have to breathe in. We have to talk our body's language. We have to give it the time. We have to do it, especially at night. So we get the best restorative sleep. We simply, we simply can't, we can't perform. And the fatigue from not having sleep is debilitating. And it really, you know, it, it really makes things worse. Whether you're a new mom or you're new to perimenopause, your sleep is everything. This podcast is just one way that every mum can support you. Another amazing way is with our free gift bag, packed full of essentials for you and baby, including free samples of water wipes, the number one wipe against nappy rash. To receive yours, just register now on everymum.ie. There's a free gift bag there waiting for every mum. I'm hearing as, you know, somebody who has no sleep and whose hormones have had a complete roller coaster this year, I'm I'm hearing so many similarities around yeah the symptoms like even when you were describing there about like you know the stomach and the connection and the breathing and the nutrition and the exhaustion and like it feels like a postpartum yeah again yeah. it is and you know what I'm 9 years away from that raw state uh, and and I won't forget it. I remember it. It actually would hit me at the back of my throat how tired. And I remember my friend Harden saying to me, "Don't worry. At, at twelve weeks, their bellies double in size, and they'll take twice as much sleep. They'll sleep for twice as long." And I remember holding on to that like it, my life depended on. And I remember getting to twelve weeks, and it didn't happen because mm. she was like, "Yeah, but I just needed you to get through the next twelve weeks." And I knew it was it is getting better, isn't it? I said, "Well, it's not double by any stretch of the imagination." She said, "Yeah, but it does. It gets better." So you know, even the things we tell our friends just mm. to help them get through the rawness and the uh, you know, and I, I you always look at someone you know due their first baby and they're worried about the actual birth. And I, I all I ever want to say to someone now is you know, it's the tiredness, get ready for the tiredness. And once, once you know, it's not forever, it's just a phase. And remember that everything is just a phase. And that's, you know, moving into the phase I'm in right now, it is just a phase, but make it work for me, make it, don't let it hold me back and equip yourself. And I don't think I trusted my body. I don't think I connected well, you know, I might've been in the well-being space, but it was for other people. And when I was pregnant, my connect to my own well-being was probably only about 25% as it, as it is right now. And women having babies have to mind themselves. You have to, there's so much of you going into someone else that you have to do the basics, which is, which is if you look at it as a triangle, it is sleep, digestion, and stress management. And the sleep and the digestion have a rule book that a lot of people can follow and, and it works for, there's a recipe for everyone. Stress management is so personal. It's so, you know, you have to be able to understand, is it financial? Is it relationship? You've got to really have some honest conversations with yourself so that you can begin to formulate your own solutions. Cause nobody is waking up in the morning saying, how can I help with Sinead's stress today? How can I sort out Peggy's issues with her finances today? Nobody's doing that. Only you can. And it's only, and it shouldn't be you have to burn out or hit rock bottom before you manage stress. If you can get in there early and go, you know, what, what are my triggers? What's setting me? Because yes, you work on the sleep and yes, you work on the nutrition because your body deserves that at the very mm -hmm. least. But your soul your soul needs to understand what 
sets it off in the wrong direction so that you can you can learn how to manage it and you can learn what are your non-negotiables in a day that you need to start saying no to and having boundaries and learning to say no christ i'm for it this year i said no without giving someone a reason why or making up a lie or saying yes and then saying no which is crappy I've just started to say, no, I'm going to say no to that. And I don't even know why. And I'm making a joke out of it. And you know, people are going to, are going to move away from that, but they're, they're things I'm saying no to for a reason. So I have to put myself first. And as a new mom or a pregnant woman, you only you are in charge of you and you have to own it. You have to be accountable and not fall, fall flat when it's too late, address it as early as you can and share it and get support because support is needed at every for women you know being brave isn't going to win you any there's no check from the government for being brave and not talking about things you have to you have to own it and you have to connect with yourself and honor yourself here i don't know how to manage stress i let it i i literally let it in i invite it in often because i feel like if i'm stressed I must be doing something important. I must be, I must be busy enough. I must be doing enough. I know. I must be striving enough. Like I, I have to create, not, not that I'm creating a problem, but I, it's almost like, I don't know what it feels like to not be stressed. There is a moment though, where I, I would imagine we're quite similar in that we're our, our identity and our ego is achiever status it's mm. external achievement and i'm as much as i'm aware of that i'm still perversely tickled by it i still it still drives me on every day so so there is a moment where i when it gets me in trouble i address it and say just you know manage yourself there and stop stop doing this for external validation um internally my work turns me on. I love what I do. And, and you said the exact same thing when I spoke to you, you know, mm-hmm. uh, two moms, two busy moms who, who are running their own shows, connecting of an evening and, you know, sure, we're up the walls, but we love it. But I never wear it as a badge of honor. I, I do. I do know now that it's not, it's not glamorous. It's not, it's not even cool to be this busy. So address it, manage it. Um, but for you, you see, perversely, I'm the kind of person that it doesn't matter how much money is in my bank account. I like to hit the end of the month on zero or in my overdraft just to see it bang up again and have that kind of, I, I love that hitting. I, I do like rock bottom being a firm foundation to ground me every now and then. So, but I would say to you, who's younger than me and who has been through you, anyone with small children in the last few years, the last two years to be specific, where you were locked in your own house with no support, no respite from small children who are very, very demanding and they're your own flesh and blood and you love the bones of them, but it's a very demanding time. And to be on your own birthing and learning how to be a mom on your own and having a partner who's always there, but you're getting no break from anything or anyone, I think. It, it would it it would like it would equate to being like in being in the war it would it, it, it was just it's and it still is for some people horrendous and you know that 
that coupled with stress from work is is the layer some people just won't be able to to cope with and that's where there is a place for women work has has not been built for us it's not been fairly distributed and managed and equate you know we're fighting for equal pay it's the very least we should get there should be we've brought people into this world we're building a population to sustain economies and and yet we're we're expected to play by the same rules at every gate and i've learned in the last eight years to do it my own way and my confidence came when my children were so small that i had no choice that i knew i couldn't go back to the corporate world that i had to carve out a space and that's where listening to people like you Sinead, who are opening up the conversation for women and and not saying things like it's fine you'll get to manage it you'll get to juggle everything you'll find a balance hell you'll never find a balance i work for myself and i can call my own boundaries and my thing there's still no balance in it but i have control over it mm. i have choices in it i have carved a life which allows me bring my children to school and bring them home again because those are the two most important times where i get to tune into who they're hanging around with are they upset and catch anything especially with a preteen and a teenager if i have the the luxury of collecting her and bringing her to school because she's tough to tune into right now and it'll be too late by the time she comes to me with anything but while we're driving in that car and she's looking straight ahead and we're not conversing mm -hmm. directly i get an awful lot out of her and i find out who she's on her phone to and you know and and that is what my life has afforded me and that's what i worked for is to be able to not get a balance but to be where i need to be at the right times and not be nine to fiving it and you know working for the man so i think you Sinead, are opening up this conversation so that we can help people coming behind us because i've been at some crucial stages and i think women need there is a moment of being brave i think you're very brave i think there's a moment where you you shouldn't be afraid to call it and I, this menopause conversation that's come forward, I think it's needed for a younger generation around the workplace and the unfairness that exists. And um, it's at a government level. That's, that's all I can say. You have a government who puts funding behind advertising young girls into STEM with nothing to equip women in the workforce to sustain their careers and to sustain being a mother and running a home and being at work. and not letting it all get to us mentally for our mental health and that's the word is sustain i feel like we're we're expected to exist without support without yeah but expected to expected to exist in a way in a system that literally is not built for how our bodies perform yeah we're we're expected to exist in a world where we don't say i have a period pain yeah no biologically we're we we're fighting for equal pay for equal work and yet we're we're women we 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 have a biology that's different our brains are run different like it's i've read up so much about it and you're so right in saying postpartum is similar it's similar, but you don't really, at least when you're postpartum and you're having a bad day, you're like, it must be because I had a baby a month ago or two months ago. You have this direct connect back to an incident that's happened that might've caused this. For me, that wasn't there. It, there was no, there was, I had to go to the doctor and have 
I'm, am I going crazy conversation? <laughs> so, so it's, it's, how did I not know that? Like I'm well-versed, I'm well-read. I just thought menopause was this unsexy thing that was going to happen in 10 years and my periods had finished and Asher, God help us. Um, you know, and you'd kind of get on with it and your skin gets dry. I knew a couple of things about it. I knew nothing about my brain, my most valuable asset in my body, which is my brain. Um, and I had no idea it was going to, and it's going to take five years. It's going to be five years of this. So I just need to make friends with it. Yeah. But I know plenty of women in that postpartum phase that also, as you said, like they're, they're not even thinking, oh, it's just because I had a baby. They just think, why do I feel like this? Why do I feel crazy? Why do I feel like yeah. I'm not me anymore? Why and they do- think it's the sleep. Like you're talking yeah. to me about sleep. You're very quick to, to put sleep as the culprit. And, and, and yes, sleep is, is a necessity. It's not a luxury. It's a total necessity. But not getting your sleep is down to hormone imbalance. It's down to a million things. And it's down to other things like feeling just out of whack, just not being yourself, not being your normal, kind, soft. It's the softness. I just miss the softness. And if those women are saying, what the hell is happening to me? And they're there is conversation around at least here's what's happening to you when you have a baby. Like how must it feel? Yeah. You know, why are we doing this again? Like we're almost the first generation that have finally opened up around, hi, I'm struggling to get pregnant. Maybe let's look at my hormones. Hi, I'm not feeling mentally well after I've had a baby. Maybe let's look at my hormones. Yeah. You know, we're the finally the first generation of women who are openly talking about these incredibly important life-changing events and how our hormones play a role in them. Yeah. And yet there's, we don't have the vision forward to say, oh guys, like we need, we need, we need to learn more about what is yeah. ahead. Yeah. And, Which and- is why I'm, as a 37 year old, so utterly grateful for women like you because as you said you, you started feeling these things at 40 I want to know yeah. what is happening to me and I want to know is that a symptom is that not a symptom how can I support myself not how can I literally extinguish the last living breath of me because I am fighting a system as opposed to supporting it I know I know and you're 37 and you've two dots and Girls coming through the school system should be taught about these things. They should be openly discussed and debated with experts and panels. And they should be, they should be celebrating how amazing our bodies are. And at the same time, knowing that they're fine, there's finite resources within your body. And understand them, get tested for them, own it, charge up from your own. It's a bit like me saying to you, no one's going to ask you, have you had your eight glasses of water today, Sinead? And no one's going to say, how healthy are your eggs? You have to mind all that side of the house. But being educated to know that they're finite and that they're incredibly valuable and that you have to learn that hormone, that orchestra in your body. You, If you choose the career and you live and you get the mortgage that you're in that rat race where you're in that very high pressure job, the body... The body keeps score. The body, you won't remember that you worked 
for a week when you felt really unwell and you should have taken the week off. Your boss isn't going to remember that you worked a week that you shouldn't have worked. Your body, two and three years later, it will hammer you in the chest, wherever you were sickening, you, you scarred yourself internally, that you didn't mind yourself, it will come back to haunt you. It's happened to me. And all I know is you, you, we should be taught more as young girls how the instrument of our bodies, you know, even when I see my daughters and talking about food and, and weight and different things, how we talk, we always talk about our bodies being strong. Look at mom's thighs. Oh my God, they could walk. You know, it's, it's about celebrating how strong we are. I'm six foot. I mean, I, you know, I can hear my daughter going, am I going to be as tall as you mom? And she's half afraid. And I'm like, oh my God, I hope so. I think you're going to be taller because normally I'm a bit taller than my mom. And you know, being strong, physically strong, and depending on our bodies for being physically strong is such a gift you can give rather than how we're perceived or looked at. But God, we always have to work so hard at it. And it's, it's just, there's a million unfairnesses in it, but you can't, you can't always live in that. You just have to keep pushing forward with what you have. You have to, but, and it was, life was never meant to be fair. No one ever said it would be, but we keep having to be very pro ourselves and pro each other and support each other. And we have to do that for our daughters as well. I'm coming around to the idea that how we have been built biologically and everything that we kind of have to put up with that, that the, the, the men in our lives don't. Yeah. It's not a weakness. It's just that we haven't been given the book on how to use our power. Yeah, hundred percent. I I I actually, I actually think we're with knowledge. How I turned my brain around on this and made friends with it, and then by being purposeful and sharing it, like what you do, it heals me. It just it's as if it it just neutralizes any of the stress with it. And it makes me more strong in the direction I'm going. It makes me more committed to my purpose and building a tribe around it and having a lot and meeting people. And Sinead, we might be at different stages and I'm ahead of you in the game, but I will be throwing my hand back and pulling people along and, and saying to anyone out there who's struggling with the work balance and the, and the trying to pretend everything is perfect for so long, to let go of a lot of that, be very honest about it, make friends with yourself first. You're going to be doing the distance with yourself. So honor her. I think there's going to be a lot more. We're going to be doing, mm. I'm doing a workshop actually with Catherine O'Keefe, the wellness warrior on November 7th at seven o'clock. And it's the journey into menopause. And it's where a lot of us think menopause is over there. And when we, when our periods stop, we'll know we're there. Um, this is just equipping people with symptoms and understanding and from what age you might feel X and just different storytelling um, around it for about 40 minutes. So it'll be a good old session. I, I never fail to learn when I'm talking to Catherine. There's so many facets to it all. And um, one of the most interesting ones she was talking about recently was when your hormones are out of balance, very much like postpartum in perimenopause, when you're out of, out of whack, let's say, if you've suffered a trauma in your life, in your childhood or in your teenage years, um, when the hormone balance isn't there, um, that trauma, that feeling re-enters your system and you can't understand why it's there. And the woman she was talking to equated it with being 
in an airport where your flight, they're just announcing your flight's been delayed and um, with no further information. And then the difference between knowing that the way you're feeling is because of menopause is like hearing your flight's been delayed, the food card hasn't been filled, it will be filled in half an hour and you'll be on your way and there'll be Barry's tea on the flight. So the difference is just knowing you're feeling in a really bad space but not knowing why isn't fair. When you couple that with trauma from, from a different part of your life where it's it's not that the trauma revisits you but you're back in that space, in that in that feeling. Um, that that can happen in perimenopause and postpartum um, depression. People need to be made aware of that so that they cognitively know they suffered something when they were younger and they're to always be so aware that the body and mind keep score and it can haunt you again and it can revisit. And when you know that, a bit like the airline, the air flight being delayed, when you know that you work with it, you're like, okay, this has happened to me before and I have a toolkit for this and I can manage it because I'm aware. But you're not told that. We all, it's educate, it's hormone health and it's education. And I'm actually going to give you a really good book. One second now. This is the first um, for the hormone repair manual. Mm. And this is just so interesting how, you know, it's, it's every woman's guide to healthy hormones after 40. And if I had had this five years ago, my nails, my hair, everything would have just made sense. Instead, I thought I wasn't eating enough chicken or deficiencies and Googling and then dementia because I couldn't remember my words. And it's all just natural. It's all natural. And I'm making friends with it now. I can laugh about it now. I've done a gift set called The Change that I was telling you about. And we have a laugh about The Change. And I'd even have a laugh with some of my friends because when people are behaving a bit strangely I'm like I need to write her a script for HRT I know what needs to happen here you know you can have a joke about it and a laugh about it um and talk to each other is the most important thing because it validates your thinking it makes you've said it out loud and sometimes when we say things to the universe the universe conspires to help us and support us when we say it out loud to someone else so talking and validating your own thoughts and putting yourself front and center for a few minutes is such a gift you can give yourself keeping the right company and being able to talk with friends it's coming for us all so i'm just eternally grateful that these conversations are happening that the women ahead of me and it's only by a few years are opening up and 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 educating me and supporting me and telling me what's going to happen because i don't want to go into this in the dark I want to know what's coming. Thank you for your time tonight. Thank you for your voice. Thank you for your energy. Thank you for laughing about it, oh. normalizing it. It's going to happen to every single woman. Yeah. And it's different. Everyone's going to be different. But I do think if you're someone who suffers and burns out and overdoes it, it will possibly come a little harder at you. So be aware of that right now where you are. And just remember the body keeps score. So mind your body, mind your tune into burnout. It is worth tuning into. Brilliant. And loved, me loved meeting you in person, Sinead. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Good night. Lots of love. Take care, girl. Bye-bye, love. Thank you so much for listening and to Water Wipes, the world's purest baby wipes, for their support. 
Proven to be purer than cotton wool and water, water wipes are made with just two ingredients. Our 100% biodegradable, plastic-free and compostable wipes. And the winners of seven National Parenting Product Awards 2021, including Best Baby Wipes. So you can do what's best for your baby's skin and help protect the planet. If you enjoyed this conversation, subscribe, rate or leave a review, share this episode across social and follow this week's guest, Peggy and Crowley, creator of Ground underscore Wellbeing on Instagram. Talk to you again next week.